0: But what he's really happy about is the positive culture shift at the front line. And these employees came in, they rearranged their work area, they streamlined that flow, and, you know, did some simple mm, principles to help them. But in the end, I uh, was talking to the manager, he said, I have time to breathe now. I have time to look yeah. forward and plan for the future. Um, and that was pretty cool.
1: Welcome to another CI for Life podcast. I am Rick Hyland with RLG International. This is a podcast for those individuals passionate about personal and professional continuous improvement. Our purpose as always is to provide current and future leaders the mindset, skill set, and tool set to become leaders of continuous performance improvement. Very excited about today's topic. The topic is faster and better. What is faster and better? Faster is about faster communication, faster decision making, faster meetings. Faster changes to meet the objective of the project or customer needs. Better is about better outcomes, better ownership and engagement of the plan, better communication, better hours worked as in less hours, better coordination between departments. What is faster and better not? It's not about rushing to failure nor rushing the execution of work to hurt somebody. Safety is never compromised. What is the benefit of faster and better? Well, it's it's the elusive 10-bagger, or a 1,000% improvement, as the investment community calls it. We call it step change. One of my favorite books recently is the book Scrum by Jeff Sutherland and his son, J.J. Sutherland. And I quote, the best teams can achieve productivity increases of up to 800% and replicate that success over and over again. They also end up more than doubling the quality of their work. Again, that's from Jeff Sutherland from the book Scrum. I highly recommend it for those interested in this topic. Okay, let's look at a real-life example of faster and better. I've asked Mike Nystrom to join us to share some faster and better real-life examples. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Where do I find you today?
0: Thanks, Rick. Hey, I'm joining today from uh, the Seattle area. Oh, beautiful.
1: Rain or no rain today?
0: It is typical Seattle weather. Okay. (laughs) Natalie. (laughs) all right
1: very good uh let me tell you a little bit about mike before we get going on our faster and better example that he has to share with us for the last five years mike has been a performance coach for rlg prior to that mike worked for over 30 years as a civilian overhauling and modernizing submarines and aircraft carriers for the u.s navy relative to that effort mike spent the last four years as director of process improvement for pearl harbor naval shipyard great background great resume mike so on to the subject at hand, let's talk about your example of faster and better, and um, let's discuss a recent success story you've had, and what was the background that made Faster and Better necessary?
0: Uh, let's start with the client. Um, they're a national insurance carrier, and, and they're experiencing a couple of things. First was very rapid growth, okay. rapid growth that was outpacing their legacy processes uh they had a need to improve their customer experience with the goal to retain more customers through their renewal through the renewal process what they found through surveys was that their responsiveness to new claims when they come in was a significant factor in whether the customer decided to renew or look for a different carrier that year so they had a need to increase the capacity their capacity through process improvement the chief operating officer did not simply want to increase their ability to do work by hiring more people yeah. or expanding operations and new buildings You know, using the same old processes. He also had, a, had a, a goal to have enough bandwidth within his teams to be able to develop professionally so instead of really just nose to the grindstone all the time.
1: Right, sounds like a classic case for need for process improvement and faster and better. So uh, where did you start?
0: So we started with a lean manufacturing tool called value stream mapping. And for those not familiar with the details of lean, it's a continuous improvement approach that takes a higher level of view at the workflow through what I'll call the lens of value-added work or value-added time. Now, a value-add is the customer wants to pay for that activity. And in some way, the product being developed is changed in form, fit, or function as it's transformed into its final product. And lastly, the work activity has to com- be completed defect or error-free. If we have to go back and, and redo work, we don't consider that value added. Right. So looking through this lens, um, RLG uh, facilitated cross-functional teams to develop a current state map or as-is map, and then help lead the team uh, to look at to the future, to develop, I will call it a 2B or future state map of the workflow, um, from the initial inception or order of the product through to its final delivery. After we kind of developed this before, after vision, uh, we facilitate the team using, you know, what's called the Ishikawa diagram or fishbone diagram and the five Y causal analysis to take a real deeper look at why they are the way they are and the reasons behind their current performance. This analysis then becomes a really great launching pad Develop what we call smart actions. I think people are familiar with those. Mm-hmm. Specific, measurable, achievable, results focused, and time-bound to bridge that gap between the current state and the, and the desired, you know, more streamlined future state performance that the team, you know, develops themselves. And this team is from you know executive level down to the frontline employee and the managers and supervisors and the cross-functional areas. Across the boundaries of that department or division into other areas that either affect the workflow or is affected by it.
1: Hey, Mike, um, finally, I
0: we help, help the
1: client. Yep. Let me just ask you on the on client buy-in side, and I love that you started with the as-is-to-be uh, value stream mapping. Yeah. What was the benefit of the client when they went through that process? Were there uh, immediate ahas? Were people, hey, this is, uh, you know, we're busy, we don't have enough time. Talk to me about the people buy inside of that as you work in this process.
0: Yeah, so I'll give you one example um, okay. in what they called the processing team. And the manager of that area thought it was impossible to simplify the workflow. She just said, okay. I don't think we'll be able to do it. This is so complex. Walking out of the, the um, future state mapping meeting or uh, workshop, she was like, I can see it. We can do this. Mm. We can do this. And so, yeah, and you saw that from the frontline employees being excited to it was a very interactive process, being excited to, to voice their opinion. They do this work every day. They know, you know, what makes it hard, what could make it better. And yeah. so as they get their ideas out on the table, so to speak. There's a lot of excitement.
1: Oh, I love it. I love that it's so visual and you can ha- turn hearts and minds as they see the process improving before their very eyes. Just on that very first one, kind of give uh, the audience a sense of, was this an all-day workshop, a two-hour workshop? a two—you know What was the time to get it all moving on that first map?
0: Yeah, so kind of the general flow is we spend a little bit of time with the client, looking at their data, observing the workflow, going to Gemba, as they say, and laying or job shadowing, mm-hmm. and just to develop our sense of what you know the workflow is and the current performance as, as facilitators of the process and we set up kind of two separate workshops but separate about a couple weeks apart the okay. first one is really dedicated to that understanding the current state and we build the map and stages um, from you know initial you know triggers of the work all the way through the final product delivery and the major steps that happen in between but we also include a lot of the data and observations that we saw. And we give the team an opportunity to fill out the details that we didn't see. And so that takes all day. Or, Well, we've, I've done both ways. Let me see. Uh, okay. Four hours, I would say, is the minimum. And, but we've gone as long as eight hours. And, and one of the teams, the executive said, yeah, we need to spend more time on this. And so <laughs> we just extended it to, to a full day. And so we generally start with about a four-hour window because we can get through it uh, in that time frame. But there's a lot more in-depth discussion allowed if you if you stretch a little bit farther. But we're flexible with the client to, you know, sensitive to taking folks offline from their 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 day job, so to speak, and and investing this time in in the improvement effort. So yeah. and then that second workshop focuses on the causal analysis, the development of the future state map, and then developing those smart action plans that I was just talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love that. Highly visual. And let the client ask for it to go two more hours if they're really seeing the value in it. Uh, Very smart. Okay, so you got the value stream map as is to be. You're driving smart actions for improvement. What do you do next to kind of sustain the improvement and to keep the improvement going?
0: One of the things we do is we look at the client and see what's their, I guess I'll call it their project management mindset or abilities or how how do they manage projects some some clients have very definite methodologies you know they can do Excel you know or or uh, some calendaring type of thing. What, our current client they use a, an online collaboration tool uh, but what we really do is we help them manage their actions to completion by setting up the detailed plans to actually get those individual smart actions that came out of the workshops. And there's a couple of key points that as we coach them, each of these individual action steps needs to have a what to it, what is actually needs to happen. And yeah. There needs to be a who, and who is responsible to complete it? Who's gonna lead this particular step to completion? And then when, when is this step or sub step required to be complete? And then finally, what we do is we help the client develop those plans and develop an operating rhythm around staying on top of it you know managing things to completion leading, engaging the front line you know on a regular basis
1: yeah it's so it's so surprising how simple what who and when is but if you're missing you know the when is which is the hardest one to capture it, it can really stop the faster and better and the velocity of your uh, improvement process so yeah thanks for articulating that okay so tell us more about this operating rhythm that you set up
0: yeah so that as you know we spent we invest this time in understanding the current state understanding the gaps in performance to get into a, a better more streamlined future state we develop these actions around what does it take to get there and so now it's it's really staying on top of it and keeping it energized and urgent And so we do that through uh, a weekly boardwalk. We help the client set up a boardwalk where we look at the data, what does it take? What are the key performance indicators that can tell us when we look at these indicators, are we moving in the right direction? Are these improvements actually having the effect that we want them to have? And so we set up this operating rhythm where we look at the, the numbers, what's the story that they're telling us, what actions on our plate are we making the progress that we expected are those results as we expected them to be and do we need to adjust based on what we're experienced and so we do that every week um, the front it's a stand-up meeting in the work area uh, either on a whiteboard or it, if there's remote locations or geographical locations or the team is dispersed we develop we've helped them develop kind of an online collaboration way of of conducting these boardwalks, but it's everyone from the frontline employees doing the day-to-day work to their supervisors, managers, and executive. And one of the vice presidents um, in the claims area of the insurance company that we're working with says Thursdays is the best day of the week because that's when we do boardwalks. So um she's definitely engaged um, all the time in this, but she she loves that connection to the frontline on a weekly basis.
1: Yeah, so talk to me again about the buy in process. Uh, you know, you're introducing the idea of a weekly stand up boardwalk, visual management, whether it be a room or whiteboard or, you know, PowerPoint on the wall, whatever it be. Have you got a story or a thought about the, the change in buy in over the process that you've seen from different leaders or employees?
0: Um, yeah, and that's the cool part. So, what we see is, and, and when I was talking with the chief operating officer recently, he says one of the biggest benefits that he sees out of this is the engagement and the energy and the passion that's developed at the front line to not only improve their business, so to speak, but to understand the business of running the business. The front line gets a much bigger picture of what does it really take to get the full workflow done in this company, in this department but the executives and the managers also get a deeper understanding of how complex or the struggles or the barriers that exist day to day that come out during the boardwalk discussions. So there's a lot of engagement and it's really cool to watch. Um, people are engaged and and, and the meeting's short, it's only, it doesn't interrupt a big part of the day. We try to hold it right in the work area. So people can just stand up from their desk and gather around and it it's, um, been phenomenal
1: yeah yeah i sat in or, or went there recently and saw it and can echo the enthusiasm the employees have for it so from this initial success of the first process just give us a sense of scale at how many other teams did you look at or how many other processes did you work
0: yeah so we started a pilot process for the first two months and we ended up engaging three teams and, and getting to the point where we initiated the boardwalks but had solid plans for the improvement since that time this company we're on a ninth value stream Nine. area to okay. Map. okay um they have regular big boardwalks every week in in eight other areas and if i give you a, an example one and we call it the claims processing area but what we saw there is they use, they um this carrier does a lot of business and they have thousands and thousands and thousands of policies and, you know, multiply that by all the correspondence that comes in related to policies that are happening, claims that have happened, invoicing, you know, billing, all that kind of stuff. The claims processing team, when we walked in the door had a backlog of intake of documents or intake of correspondence, whether it's mailed, faxed, or emailed in the neighborhood. Well, more than 2000 each day was their average backlog and that was causing delays. Um, you know, days of delays in getting through it. Today, they're essentially at a zero backlog. Wow. And so it's pretty cool. So the, the frontline employees are called record technicians. When we first came in, their average amount of work an individual technician could do was about 160 of these incoming documents per day. Okay. Today, um, so over about the first five months, a little bit under five months, they increased that to about 460 correspondence or intake documents per day, which is, you know, 288% increase faster. And right bad. now the team, is at, yes. And right now the team is at 550 per day, which is, you know, 340 plus percent increase. Awesome. They have a goal of 750 on their boardwalk that they're striving for. That would be 70%. That wow. That'd be phenomenal. But in the back of their heads, the team knows that 1,000 per day is their ultimate goal. Um, so that's what they're really striving for.
1: Fantastic. Um,
0: and this backlog I told you about, it was actually about 2,400 documents a day that were just sitting there not being touched, hadn't been looked at, hadn't had a chance to be processed. Today, well, I looked just yesterday, their backlog was at five at the end of the day. So it went wow. from 2,400 down to five. So that's, you know, 90%. You know, eight percent or ninety (laughs) nine percent, you know, reduction backlog, and so like I said earlier, probably out of all this, and this area was one of the areas that drove the COO to want to bring somebody in to help them, you know, take a have a new set of eyes to look at it, lead them to you know a different place. But what he's really happy about is the positive culture shift at the front line, and these employees came in, they rearranged their work area, they streamlined their flow, you know, did some simple mean principles to help them, but in the end, when I was talking to the manager in the processing team area, he said, I have time to breathe now. I have time to work forward and plan for the future. Uh, And that was pretty cool.
1: Wow. Mike, that is an amazing example of faster and better. And congratulations to you and the client. Uh, this, This is fantastic. So, if i asked you to uh, kind of last question here step back and summarize what you think the key success factors for this type of faster and better step change how would you articulate it in two or three points
0: um i, I give you three things first is engaged leadership from the senior executive the c-suite to you know the frontline managers and that helps get the supervisors engaged which is who the front line really depends on every day the mm-hmm. second is to have that urgent case for change and then lastly engaging the front line and finding the solutions yeah. and i think those three things um, are kind of the basic recipe
1: wow michael great example nice crisp articulation of the big picture key success key success factors mike i really appreciate you joining us today and uh articulating a real life current example of faster and better so folks this has been another podcast for ci for life with rick highland with rlg international if you've liked the podcast or seen value in it please like it and share it with others if you want to see uh, a write-up of this example that mike shared with us a sanitized of course you can look on rlginternational.com under the insights section and look for ci for life and you'll see a write-up and some of Mike's uh, uh, more detailed thoughts about uh, how this faster and better example got going. So thanks for spending some of your valuable time with me today. Until next time, live a life of sustainable, continuous improvement. Goodbye.